end. Yeah. And uh, quickly, I'm going to call upon Asani uh, Pettiford to just come and greet everyone and exhort everyone. Asani uh, spent the weekend with us. He is a marriage coach, um, TV personality, pastor, infidelity recovery specialist. Man, I could go through all my hands. But Hassan is a great man, and we had a great time uh, from Friday, and yesterday was just out of this world. So he's going to come up and greet everybody. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, church. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Awesome. Listen, I enjoyed the first service, and I'm already enjoying the second. The worship experience has been amazing. I absolutely love it. One thing I really love about your church is the men who worship. Yeah. It's so hard to find men who are free to worship. Wow. And as I saw that, I was inspired by that. And there's so many things that I plan on taking back home to our church based on what I'm seeing here today. And I was reminded that God is an omnipresent God. Come on. You know, a scripture came to my mind in Psalms 139, verse 7 through 10. It says, where shall I go from your spirit? Wow. Or where should I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. Yep. If I make my bed in shoal, you are there. If I take wings of the morning and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall guide me. You know, what's so interesting is that when, you know, I'm from America and the belief is that America is the greatest place on earth and that there is no place on the entire planet that can compare to the United States. So when my, except for Johannesburg. <laughs> So when my wife and I and our four children decided to leave the country and move to Central America, everyone thought we were crazy. They thought we would be murdered and killed and slain, and they thought that we would have a miserable experience. And I said, you know what? The same God that lives in America lives in Central yes, America, sir. because God is not an American. Yeah. And I said the same provision, the same deliverance, the same healing, same the same thing. perfection, pr protection we will have in Central America yes, because sir. guess what I am the temple of God and that spirit lives within me and wherever I go he's there yes, sir. and so as I've come here today I realize you know what God is alive yes, and well sir. in Johannesburg yeah. and he lives at Faith Hill yes, Church sir. amen yes, sir. yes he does and so, listen, we've had an, I've had an amazing experience on Friday, on Saturday, and now on Sunday. And just to be a part of this ministry and to be connected to such a powerful man of God is so amazing. It was T.E. Lawrence who said, all men dream, but not equally. Those men who dream at night in the dusty recesses of their minds awaken to find that it was but vanity. But those who dream by day, these are the dangerous men, for they dream with their eyes open to make sure that their dreams come true. And this is one of those dangerous men who dreams with his eyes open. And even though right now he has a room full of people inside of them, there's a womb full of people. And I'm so excited to see what's going to be happening with this ministry in the years to come. And so I have just uh, built a relationship that will last forever. Yes, I thank yes, you for, and, and I'm humbled um, for the privilege of being here. This has been a dream of mine since I was a very young child and how God manifested it in such a way. And so I thank you all. Uh, if you weren't here on Friday or Saturday, I encourage you to get the video. It was a man, blessing. Did we crazy. have an amazing yeah, time? Man. And so, awesome. listen, I look forward to seeing you all again, and yeah. I now consider you all family. Thank you. That's right. Thank you, sir. Oh, man, we invited, and make sure you get the teachings if you are not here. Oh, man, just phenomenal. Amen. 
quickly, I bring you greetings from Cape Town, Kingdom Light Church, Pastor Dave, Basson, and everybody up there say, hey, pass our regards, they love you, uh, they miss you, and uh, they send their love, amen. And also quickly, Bruce Morris is in Pakistan for the mission trip, he's doing alright, doing great, he flies back today. So he should be touching down at around 4 p.m. So we thank God for keeping him safe and for everything. that We can't wait to hear what happened there because we know something special happened. Amen. Quickly hold your Bible. Lift it up real high. This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word. And my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's go now to Luke chapter number 17 verse 11. Luke chapter number 17 verse 11. We are going to be continuing uh, a series that we started uh, four, four weeks ago talking about every prayer answered. Amen. I said amen. amen. And uh, today we are talking about the prayer of thanksgiving. We have already covered the prayer of intercession and what it is uh, really and how we can apply it. We have already covered the prayer of petition. And today we are moving in the same breath to talk about the prayer of thanksgiving. One of the most underrated prayers yet powerful. Amen. And God takes this seriously. You will see why. Let's go now to Luke 17 verse 11. Now it happened as he went out, talking about Jesus, to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers. Someone say ten. Ten. There were ten men who were lepers who stood afar off and they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. There's something interesting that I catch even as I'm reading that in the Old Testament and the person with an Old Testament mindset understood that if you had leprosy, you didn't touch anyone else because you would contaminate them. But in the New Testament, it's the opposite. We touch people with leprosy and what's on us get on them. And they get healed. When we lay hands on the sick, we don't get what they have. We superimpose healing. Amen. That's a New Testament mindset. Watch what happens in verse 14. So when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Two things there. The first thing Jesus does is he gives them a grace instruction. Every instruction that you get from God and from his word is a grace instruction. Because first of all, he doesn't even have to talk to you. But he's talking to you and he's telling you what to do. And how do you tap into the grace instruction by positively responding to what he has said. Remember the Bible says in Romans chapter number 5 verse 2. We access this grace in which we stand in by or through faith or through our positive response. So if these guys had said to Jesus, well we don't want to show ourselves to the priest because we are not yet cleansed. They would have stopped the flow of healing. But they acted on a grace instruction. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you are thinking, man, I can't give because I don't have. You, you, you stop the flow. I can't go and show myself to the priest because I'm not yet. 
Every time you don't act on a grace instruction because you haven't become what the grace instruction is trying to get you to, you stop the flow. Amen? Because we access grace through faith. So the Bible says as they took steps of faith to go and show themselves to the priest, they were cleansed. And what happened? Verse 15. And one of them, someone say one. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him what? Thanks. And he was a Samaritan or a foreigner or a stranger. Verse 17. So Jesus answered and said, and said Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were they not found? Any who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said unto him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. He said, Arise, your faith is now, you, 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 you didn't tap into healing only. Now you tapped into wholeness. The nine only tapped into healing. And when this man came back to say thank you, Jesus not only said, hey, you have done well. He also said, now you have been made whole. That word whole is the zoe word in the Greek, which is the God kind of abundant living. Nothing missing, nothing broken. So not only did she get healed, she also, uh, not only did he get healed, he also got his finances fixed. That's it. That's good. Because how many of you know that is uh, nothing having a healthy body but broke? <laughs> he tapped into wholeness. Not only was he healed, his marriage was also fixed in the process. He tapped into the wholeness of the word prosperity. But what's interesting here is that Jesus was concerned. He said, man, I healed ten. But only one came back to give glory and to give thanks. What happened to the nine? Hunt your neighbor and tell the man, don't be the nine. Don't be the nine. Be the one. Amen. Let's go now to Mark chapter number 11 verse 24. So this is Jesus and God's attitude towards thanksgiving. He expects you to come back and say thank you. For everything that he has done for you. Amen. I mean, this dude could have looked at uh, something else to complain. Okay, I'm healed, but the weather is raining and uh, it's just a terror. No, he came back and said, thank you, Lord. How many of you know that there is always several opportunities for you to complain and murmur? Man, the enemy will present you with opportunities as you drive out of your house to go to work. Instead of, thank you, Lord, that I have a job. Oh, man, look at all this traffic. See the square, man. See the road. Man, they need to fix this. Amen. The enemy will present you with an opportunity because he knows once you tap into complaining and murmuring. In fact, this is a statement I coined uh, several years ago that people who are complainers and murmurers become, uh, 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 how did I put it, become uh, trash magnets. Sure. When you complain and murmur, you attract all the crazy things. But when you are thanks, a, a, a grateful person, a person full of gratitude, you tap into the fullness of God. Amen. Mark 11 verse 24 says, Whatsoever thing you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. 
He says, what should you do when you pray? Did you see that? We had a loud voice on believe. But it died. Because Jesus wanted you to believe something. He says, whatever thing you desire when you pray, yeah, you, you have to do the whole thing. Believe that you receive them. When should you believe that you receive them? Do you see it? So while you are still in the prayer closet, he says, believe that you receive them. He just didn't say believe and stop there because he doesn't know what you believe. In fact, everybody believes when they pray. They believe something. <laughs> Some believe they're not going to get it. Some believe, you know. Uh, there's a good chance they might get it. Some believe if they work hard. No, he's saying whatsoever thing you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them. You already have them. Now, if you are a gentleman, a gentlewoman, and you know that you have received them, what would be your appropriate response to God while you're still in the prayer closet? Thank you, Lord. So he's saying your attitude should be that of thanksgiving even before you grab a hold of the thing that you are praying for. In fact, that's how you measure faith. If you want to measure how much faith you have, check the thanksgiving meter. Colossians chapter number 2 verse 7. Colossians chapter number 2 verse 7. It says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught. Abounding therein, therein what? In faith. So he's saying, how do you abound therein? How do you abound in faith? How do you have an abundance of faith with thanksgiving? Zero thanksgiving, zero faith. Man, if you can't genuinely say thank you, Lord, while you're still in the prayer closet, you did not believe that you received it. And if you just use thanksgiving as a technique, man, you need to get to a place where you know that you know in your Noah that if you pray and if you ask anything from the Father according to His will, this is the confidence that we have that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know. Not that we speculate, not that there is a good chance. Not that whatever will be, will be. No, we know. That he is going to answer and give us the petitions that we present before him. That's what faith is. And how do you know that you believe that? If you can really let thanksgiving and praise proceed out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Amen. You remember Paul and Silas? Man, they had this attitude. In Acts chapter number 16, the Bible says they were sitting in a prison, had been beaten, stripped naked, had several things to complain about. How many of you have ever been beaten recently? See, nobody. I mean, these dudes had a lot of... How many of you have ever been to prison in your lifetime? Zero. These dudes had been beaten, stripped naked, and thrown into prison. So many things to complain about. Man, look at my arm. It's broken. Ah, man, it's so sore. It's painful. How about yours? Oh, look at this one. This wound here. This one. I don't know if the doctor can help me with this one. No, that's not what they did. The Bible says at midnight, they started giving God praise. 
They started praying and giving God praise. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what the Bible says? It says, as you praise, God inhabits the praises of his people. Or God lives in the praises of his people. Or the presence of God is activated in the praises of his people. In other words, God left heaven and came into the prison with them. And apparently the prison was too small for God. Because there was an earthquake. Things started shaking and the prison doors were opened. And the prison guard was about to kill himself. And they said to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We were not praying for a breakthrough. Paul's prayer was not, Father, get out of here. Get us out of here. Chains, I command you to fall. Prison doors open. Send an earthquake. That was not his prayer. His prayer was just thank you, Jesus. His focus was on thanksgiving, gratitude, and praise. And as he focused on that, it works like a boomerang. As he focused on that, God began to fix all of the other things that we had fallen out of place. You know, some of you are working too hard trying to get God to fix the things that have fallen out of place by explaining those things to him. Yeah. That's not how you do it. You pour out a praise and when God inhabits your praises, listen, if God comes to your house to live in your house, you will make sure there is food in the house. You will make sure there is peace. All you have to do is to invite him in. And as he comes, let him rearrange the furniture. He knows what needs to be done. You don't have to give him the instruction. So as they pour out the praise, God gave them what I like to call an accidental breakthrough. Man, you're just busy praising God and God is fixing everything that you need fixed. And that's the power that you get from the prayer of thanksgiving. Jesus himself operated in this prayer. Remember, Jesus is confronted with a problem, a situation. He has 5,000 people to feed, excluding women and children. If you add them up, there's about 12,000 in the place. He needs to feed them. And then he came to his disciples. He says, man, the people are hungry. Let's feed them. And the disciples went to their pockets. That's what uh, Brother Tinashe was teaching about. We need to always keep our eyes fixed on the kingdom. The disciples started counting the pennies that they had. And they said, look, the money that we have is not enough. And Jesus said, what do you have? says, we have two fish and five loaves. says, bring it to me. And he took it, took the two fish and the five loaves, and he looked down to heaven and started complaining. (laughs) Lord, why did you send me here on earth to feed this? You can't even help me feed these people. Look at my bank account. There is nothing and two fish. All I have is two fish. Two fish. (laughs) I've been going for praise and worship every week. Two fish. Two fish. I've been healing the sick. I've been doing all of this. All I have is two fish and a loaf, five loaves. <laughs> and look at these people, Lord. Is that what Jesus did? No. What did he do? Thank you. And I want to talk to someone with little. You complaining about it will stop the flow. Jesus looked down to the heavens and said, Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Not as a technique. Thank you. And what was not enough before the thank you, before the gratitude. Remember the scripture Pastor Tate read, Psalms 100 verse 4. You shall enter into his gates. How? 
What's not enough outside of the gate will stay not enough. If you don't choose to enter into the gates. But when you say thank you, because that's the password to enter into the gates, it becomes enough. In fact, wrong preaching. It becomes more than enough. Because after they fed all the 5,000, they collected 12 baskets full of fragments. Not only did God meet their need, he also gave them an abundance. Why? Because they were not full of complaining. and In fact, one of God's indictment against the children of Israel was because they, they were murmurous and complained. They complained about everything. <laughs> after God, you know, put shoes on their feet that for 40 years. These shoes never grew old. Clothes on their back, that never grew old. They still complained. After God fed them with angels' food, manna, it rained from heaven, miraculously delivered them from the hands of the Israelites, after God did all of that, all they could find was a complaint. Oh, Moses, this place is bad, man. It was better in Egypt where, you know, we ate garlic and made bricks with straw. And God did not take that kindly. Amen? Hunt your neighbor and tell them and ask them, are you grateful? Man, you need to intentionally find things to be grateful for. And you can thank God right where you are. Just look on your feet. Do you have shoes? Someone shout, thank you, Jesus. Just look again on your feet. Do you have feet? Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Do you have clothes on your back? Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Do you have a roof over your head? Someone say, thank you, Jesus. See, it starts where you are. If you are renting and you want to tap into ownership, you're going to have to be grateful about where you are. If you are, if you are uh, working a job and you want to tap into uh, 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 becoming a businessman, a businesswoman, you're going to have to be grateful where you are with what God has given you. The only way to tap into multiplication, the multiplication anointing, is with a thankful, grateful heart. Not with a complaining and murmuring heart. Man, you need to run away from complaining. You know, my wife and I used to have friends uh, back in the day, about five years ago. Man, they were masters at complaining. In fact, we would sit every uh, uh, time and, you know, go out for coffee or whatever and have a complaints competition. <laughs> Just sit around complaining, man. Uh, oh, my boss sucks. Oh, my boss sucks more than yours. Oh, home affairs sucks. Oh, man, I went to home affairs. Oh, man, them people. Oh, man, they suck. <laughs> Everything sucks. The air we breathe it sucks. In fact, we had a friend, she was worse. I mean, there's no meal she did not send back to the kitchen all the time. I think we went out to eat over 20 times with her, and every single one of those 20 times, she would send her food back to the kitchen. She was just a serial complainer. She would find something, ice cream, she would send it back to the kitchen. <laughs> ah, this ice cream, yeah. it's melting. <laughs> Must be frozen. <laughs> she was a serial complainer, man, just complaining all the time. And you know what that does? It stops the flow. Listen, praise excites, praise stirs up God to want to do more. 
You know, I remember the one time uh, at home, you know, I decided to do the garden. So I went back home and I did all the garden and so on and so forth. And then when my wife came back with the kids, uh, she was like, oh, man, look at this garden. Oh, man, it's so beautiful. Did you do this all by yourself? I was like, yeah. she's like, oh, man, you are an amazing man. Man, you, man, it made me feel like wanting to pick up, you know, flower, flower pots and just lift them up for no reason. Just walk around the house moving things, man. Just, man. Made me want to do more. Amen? And when you praise, you make God want to do more for you. Because you are grateful. Even in the natural, man, people who are complainers, I I don't want anything to do with them. (laughs) Now imagine if I had done all that work and she came back home and like, Oh man, we need to hire somebody because this right here. It's not how you do the garden. <laughs> Man, that would have... How, how do you think I would have responded? Like, I'm not doing anything else in this house. It stops the flow. So this prayer of thanksgiving is key for multiplication, for increase. Amen? I said amen. And this is God's attitude towards thanksgiving. Let's go now to Second Timothy chapter number 3. I want to show you God's attitude for thanksgiving. Uh, look up, watch what it says. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Next verse. For men will be lovers of themselves. Is that a good thing? It's a terrible thing, man. Someone should just say terrible. It says lovers of money. Ooh, that's terrible. It says boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, and in the same breath. At the same level. It says unthankful in the last days. Unholy. Next verse. Unloving. Unforgiving. Slanderers. Without self-control. Brutal. Despisers of good. Next verse. Traitors. Do you like traitors? (laughs) And in the same level, at the same breath, he's putting people who are unthankful... In the same group with traitors. <laughs> Headstrong, haunty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Next verse. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people. You know what he just told you? Don't hang around complainers and murmurers. Man, you're going to have to evaluate people you hang around. He says, from such people, turn away. People who are unthankful. Start hanging around people who are grateful. For the little that they have. Because it will rub off on you. Find things to be grateful for. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us go now to Psalm chapter number 8 verse 2. As we close, Psalm 8 verse 2. Is this good so far? Someone shout, I'm a praiser. I'm a praiser. See, there's a method to the madness. This is why we start in this church, every Sunday morning we start with praise and worship. And it's a vital part of the service. This is why me, I don't walk in 30 minutes into the service. As the pastor, you know, just walk in 30 minutes with bodyguards. and just, you know, I'm just here to do my job. 
No, you know why? Because praise is an integral part of my life. And this is why we have praise at the beginning of the service. We just didn't go to another church and said, okay, the first songs two, and then we're two slow ones, so we'll do the, no. There's a method to the madness. We know exactly what we are doing in the spiritual realm. And you're about to see why. Amen. It says in Psalm 8, verse 2, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Someone say ordained strength. So God is saying, uh, 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 the writer of Psalms is saying, Into the mouth of children and sucklings, you have ordained strength. You have ordained power. What is this strength? And what is this power? He begins to tell us, because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. He's saying this ordained strength has the power to stop the enemy in his tracks. Or in his tracks. That you have ordained in the mouth of babies and sucklings. Did you see it? And let me just say this. This is a side, uh, 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 you know, trail. Um, Enemies are not people for New Testament believers. Your enemies are not people. I know you have people that, you know, you don't get along with. You're going to have to forgive them. We talked about it two weeks ago. That's not what he's talking about. He's not saying you're going to stop people. We do not wage war against flesh and blood. People are not your problem. God loves people and he wants to reach people. Your enemies as a New Testament believer are spiritual things that come against the promises of God. Poverty is your enemy. And this ordained strength has the power to stop poverty in its tracks. It has the power to stop sickness in its tracks. It has the power to stop death in its tracks. Those are your enemies that he's talking about. And he has ordained strength in the mouth of babes and sucklings. And watch what Jesus said, quoting the same scripture. Matthew chapter number 21, verse 16. And he said unto him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said unto them, open quote. He's now quoting Psalms 8, verse 2. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes? You remember? And sucklings or nursing infants, you have what? I didn't hear that. I did not hear that. Come on, preach with me. So he took out ordained strength and put in perfected praise and he is not misquoting scripture but he is bringing you into a deeper revelation because ordained strength is perfected praise. When you take a praise and put it in your mouth, you have just released a strength that can stop the enemy in its tracks. Remember King Jehoshaphat? He's faced with the three nation alliance coming against him. Three nations have come together to fight against King Jehoshaphat and his people. And he went to the prophet and he said, man, you're going to have to go to God and get us some latest technology. Because we are already outnumbered. And God gave them the latest technology of the day. And it's still the latest technology of today. He said, when you go to fight your enemy, you are to put the choir or the singers in front of the army. He says, and I want, I'm going to have to write the song for you. Because he knew if he had just said, you know, put the choir in front of the army and sing. Man, people sing all kinds of stuff. 
can't give up now. Nobody told me the road will be easy. Then it saps all the energy out of you. <laughs> he said, sing something powerful. Sing, yes. sing something strong. Amen. Sing something that will evoke the power of God. Yes. He says, I want you to say God is good and his mercies endure for it. Praise the Lord. God is good and his mercy. Keep singing that song. He said, don't sing about how hard it is. I'm just a nobody. <laughs> Try to tell anybody. He says, no, don't sing that one. The Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Sing it again. The Lord is good and his And as they were singing, the Bible says there was confusion in the enemy's camp. Because Satan expected them to be stressed out and depressed. And here they are singing, excited, giving God the praise and declaring him to be good. And they started killing each other. In fact, while they were singing, God reintroduced himself to them. He says, now it's my battle. It's no longer yours. This battle is mine. Yeah. And once God declares that, oh man, oh you can expect his victory. Because God has never lost a single battle in all of history. How do you get God involved in your battles? You praise him and give him thanks. You, Again, it works as a boomerang. Thank you, Lord. And as they were giving God praise, there was confusion in the enemy's camp. And the people killed each other. And all they did was just walk in the land picking up spoils. Man, ordained strength is in your perfected praise. Whenever you feel down, you can stir yourself up by releasing a praise. You can stir yourself up by giving God thanks and releasing a thanksgiving. Man, every time you start giving God thanks, you take away your focus from the problems. And you start looking at the solution. And when you start giving God thanks, even for the little things, thank you, Lord, for lunch. Thank you, Lord. If the traffic light turns green just before you come and you make it, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> if you find parking far from the supermarket, thank you, Lord. Why far, Pastor T? Because most of you need to exercise anyway. <laughs> You can find something. You can find something to thank God. You don't have to wait until something big happens. You can stir yourself up by giving God thanks. You know, growing up, we used to make uh, lemonade. And we used to make it for ourselves in the house. And this is how we made it. We'd take lemons, squeeze them in a cup, and put about six tablespoons of sugar in there and water in a glass like this. And then stir that thing up. And you'd stir that thing up, stir it up, stir it up. And every time you stop stirring all of that sugar would sink to the bottom and that's what happens in the life of a believer who's not a praiser and who is not grateful you sink to the bottom it's because praise brings a stirring it keeps you stirred up when you learn to give God praise and thanksgiving you remember David he came back to Ziglag and the nation had been plundered Everyone had been taken, his wives and his children, and all that was in the city had been taken. He came back with 600 men. 600 men started crying. He was bad. 
600 men, 400 of them fainted from crying. And then 200 turned against him and said, now we want to kill you. How do you get out of that one? The Bible says David started encouraging himself in the Lord. You know what that is? It's lifting up a praise. He started going back and saying, man, when I think about the goodness of the Lord, my soul cries, thank you. My soul cries, hallelujah. It's called a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes you're going to have to release a praise with clenched fists and, you know, greeted teeth. You're just going to have to do it. And as you release it, there is a strength that's ordained to stop whatever is going on in your life in its tracks. Amen. So if you are to walk out with something today, with this prayer of thanksgiving, it is that man, this should dominate your prayer life. Find something to give God thanks for all the time and as David encouraged himself in the Lord the Bible says he was weak I mean 400 of them had fainted they were all hungry he was weak didn't have any strength but something started stirring on the inside of him and he started regaining his strength and he said to God man I'm strong now can I pursue and take back everything that the enemy has taken you know what God said to him he said to him now you have enough strength pursue overtake and recover watch this a double L all and David pursued overtook them and recovered everything from a place of weakness how do you get to a place of such a strength by encouraging yourself in the Lord, releasing a thanksgiving. Why don't you stand on your feet? Was that good? Yeah. Someone shout, I'm a thanksgiver. Shout, I'm a praiser. Shout, that's who I am. For about 30 seconds, I just want you to lift up a praise to God. Amen. Just begin to thank Him. Thank Him for your life. Thank Him for your life. Thank Him for your family. Thank Him for your job. Come on, thank Him for your ministry. As small as it is, begin to thank Him. Thank Him for divine health. Thank Him for your family. Thank Him for your children. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Him for your job. Thank Him for your business. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank Him for this nation. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And as you thank Him, there is spiritual activity right now. There is confusion in the enemy's camp. You are stopping the enemy in his tracks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that the gates of hell will not prevail. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 
For the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. The Lord is good to us. Our God is a good God. He is a good Father. He is a good, good Father. Thank you, Jesus, that we will not leave as orphans, that you have not abandoned us, but that you are with us in everything. And so, Lord, we say thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for 2017. Thank you for the years to come. We thank you in advance, for we know that you have already done it for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone say it, amen. Man, I'm telling you, in your car, start driving to work, giving him thanks for your car. Thank you, Lord, for this car. Man, I grew up in a place, I grew up with a car that we needed to wake up the whole neighborhood just to go to work. Get a push start. I tell you, man, go and get about four neighbors just so we can get this car started. Some of you have air conditioning, electric windows. Man, you have uh, power steering. You don't even have to work to turn that thing. Man, thank you, Lord. Man, we used to wake up two hours before leaving the house so we could get ready to go to school. Some of you can walk into the shower and get some hot water instantly. Thank you, Jesus. And there's so much to thank the Lord for. Amen. We used to eat one meal. At most two meals. Some of you go six, seven, eight. Thank you. Man, you can't complain at the place you are in right now. You can't mama at the place you are in right now. Start giving him thanks and tap into the power of thanksgiving. If remember these words from Second Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you.